Hey, everybody, happy Easter! Yay! Come on, guys, today is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, because we are celebrating that Jesus rose again. This is the day, the Sunday, that we believe Jesus rose again. And it's been really fun being able to speak these past few weeks about the events leading up to the resurrection. So two weeks ago, we talked about communion, how Jesus got together with the people that he loved, and they had a celebration. They had a great time together. And he also told them about some important things that were to come, and they broke bread and they shared wine. And we could have communion anytime as well now and give thanks to God. And then the week after that, so last week, we talked about the crucifixion and all the incredibly painful things that Jesus went through, not just physical, but he was also betrayed. So his heart was in pain, his body was being broken, and uh, he did all of that so that we could get to this Sunday, which is the Resurrection Sunday. Because Jesus didn't stay dead, he rose again three days later. We worship a living God. We don't worship a God that is dead. We worship the living God, and this God is close to us. And so if you don't know God yet, if you have never accepted Jesus into your life yet, we're going to pray for you at the end of this service. So I encourage you all to listen as we talk about the Resurrection Sunday and also another really great story that I'm excited to share with you all about today. But you know what? Jesus was incredible. Uh, he, he did all of this so that we could have salvation, so that we could have a relationship with Him. That's how much Jesus loved us. He loved us so much that He would give up His life so that we could find ours. Amen? And even like as we talked about last week, even as Jesus was dying on the cross, He was loving the people. He had two criminals next to Him, and He talked with one of them, and He said, Today, you will be in paradise with me. That criminal lived maybe not such a good life. <laughs> Obviously, his actions led him there. And Jesus still had grace and compassion and love for him. And the people that put him on the cross, the people that were watching him be crucified, they were hurling insults at him. They were ridiculing him. They were speaking curses at him. And you know what Jesus says? He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Even as Jesus hung on the cross, dying, he still had love and compassion for those around him. Isn't that amazing? That is the God that we serve, a God of love. He loved us so much that he came to take our sin away. And that's what it talks about in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. It says, For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Come on. This is the God that we serve. He gives us salvation. He gives us Jesus freely. I don't know any other religions that would talk about that kind of thing, that would have even that option. Because other religions talk about, you know what, maybe if you try really, really hard and you follow 175 rules, I just made that up, but if you follow all these rules, then perhaps if you're lucky at the end of your life, you might be able to go to paradise or heaven or whatever version it is, right? But in Christianity, we have Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says, come to me. 
That's all we need. That is all we need to accept salvation. That's all we need to be able to go to, to heaven is to believe in Jesus and what he did for us. The fact that he died and rose again. And you know what? If you don't know Jesus, he's got a plan for you. He loves you. And he wants to do something incredible in your life. So today, let's jump into this story about the actual resurrection. What happened those three days after Jesus was crucified? So let's read this part here in Luke chapter 24 from verse 1. It says, On the first day of the week, so this is three days later, very early in the morning, the women came to the tomb bringing spices they had prepared. They found the stone, big stone, that was sealing the tomb. It says they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were puzzling over this, hmm, suddenly... Two men in radiant apparel stood beside them. As the woman bowed their faces to the ground in terror, the two men asked them, this is the most gangster line, why do you look for the living among the dead? Oh, mic drop. They're just like, what are you doing here, ladies? Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. <laughs> He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day will rise again. Come on. I love this interaction. The angels are like, why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Jesus is alive. He is alive today and He is powerful, just as powerful, even more powerful as ever. I don't know if that's possible, but Jesus is alive and He wants to help you in your life. And He has helped me in my life. You see, God has changed my life. And even though I grew up in a, a Christian family, that did not automatically make me a Christian. You see, I'm very blessed and I'm very thankful that I had such a, a great upbringing with great parents and a great environment and beautiful countries such as Japan. And you know, I was able to grow up hearing incredible stories about Jesus, about the disciples, about like David and Goliath, about Moses and the burning bush, and so many great stories. I love these stories in the Bible, but all these stories, all this knowledge in my head also didn't make me a Christian. So my upbringing didn't make me a Christian. Knowledge didn't make me a Christian. It was in fact, my own decision to follow God, to believe in God, that made me a Christian. That's when Jesus really changed my life. And a big part of that was journaling. I love journaling. It has absolutely changed my life because I can hear the words from God every day. He changes my life little by little every day. God wants to speak to you every day. God wants to bring life. God wants to bring freedom and healing into your life, into my life every single day. Isn't that incredible that the God of the universe wants to have a daily conversation with us? Amazing, right? And so through journaling and a lot of that, God has absolutely changed my life. He took my insecurities and, and was able to form securities in Him. He took my identity and was able to form it into what it really was, which is a son of God. Yes, I have other parts of me that make up who I am, but son of God is who 
is my umbrella identity, is the identity above the rest of the identities that I may possess. God has changed my life. He, he took this, this <laughs> unconfident young boy and gave me confidence. He gave me dreams. He gave me a vision, gave me hope for the future. God has changed my life. And I'm not here to say that I've got it completely done and I'm that I'm this, you know, in my final form. <laughs> I'm still growing. I'm still learning. And God is continually doing that amazing work in my life. And I'm so excited for tomorrow. I'm excited for the next season, excited for the next thing that God is going to do in my life. I have a hope for the future. And you know what? God wants to do the same in all of our lives. And I believe that when we receive Jesus, it's a decision that you won't regret. What kind of regret would there be to have access to the God of heaven, to my Father that loves me? Amen? And so recently, we've been talking a lot about generosity. And what more generous story is there than Jesus giving His life for those He loves? Right? There is no greater story ever, period, done. This is it, guys. This is the greatest story of all time. But you know what? In this story, in this passage of crucifixion and resurrection, there's actually another story of generosity that I really love. And sometimes it can get passed over uh, fairly easily. But I want to pick up on it today. On this Resurrection Sunday, I want to talk to you about a man named Joseph of Arimathea. Right? So this man, Joseph, he was a, a one of the religious leaders, right? And he's part of this group of religious leaders. This group of people are the ones, are the sole reason that Jesus was crucified, right? They are the ones that branded him as a criminal, as a threat to society. And uh, they're the reason that he, they got to the point where they could crucify him. And so this man, Joseph, was actually part of that group, but he wasn't one that wanted to crucify Jesus. In fact, he was a secret follower of Jesus. <laughs> okay, so he was kind of in a difficult situation, living almost a double life where he has to kind of go along with this thing here, but actually, he loves Jesus. Actually, he follows Jesus. He likes what he says. He loves his teaching. And we have this beautiful story where after Jesus is crucified, where Joseph and we actually see another man named Nicodemus, they come into this scene and they do something incredibly generous, incredibly beautiful for the body of Jesus. So let's read John 19 verse 38. It says later, so this is after Jesus uh, had given up his spirit. Remember, Jesus wasn't killed. He gave up his life willingly. Anyways, so it says later, Joseph of Arimathea asked Pilate for the body of Jesus. Now, Joseph was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because he feared the other Jewish leaders. So he's running a big risk here right now asking for the body of Jesus. When Pilate, with Pilate's permission, he came and took the body away and he was accompanied by 
Nicodemus, <laughs> the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. So Nicodemus one night came to Jesus secretly under the cover of dark to ask Jesus some questions to figure out who he was. And Jesus gave an invitation to Nicodemus to follow him, to basically be one of his disciples. And Nicodemus couldn't quite get there. He couldn't quite make the leap that he needed to make. And uh, it was you know, a bit of a heartbreaking scene. But we, in, that, in that conversation, we get John 3.16, where Jesus is actually talking to Jesus. And he talks about how God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It was that conversation with this man. This man, at the end, after it had all been said and done and all the other disciples had run away, this man and Joseph, who were supposed to be on the other side, right? They're playing for the other team, right? These two men are the ones that come along and ask Pilate, hey, can we take Jesus' body? Can we do something nice for him? Can we bury Jesus' body? And so as we continue, it says uh, Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds. This is a hefty amount. And taking Jesus's body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices in strips of linen. And this was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. Hmm, very interesting. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. Because it was the Jewish day of preparation. And since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. So what's really interesting is that this tomb actually was Joseph's tomb. He bought this tomb. So Joseph probably was a very wealthy man, high status, high income, and to buy a tomb was no cheap thing. And he had just recently purchased this tomb. And so with this brand new tomb, no, no dead bodies had ever been laid in this tomb. Joseph was like, you know what? I would love to put Jesus's body in my own tomb and give him a proper burial. You see, it was very risky for these men to do this thing for Jesus. Because like I said, the guys that they ran with, that they hung out with, they were the reason Jesus was crucified to begin with. And so to be able to take Jesus's body was a big risk for them. That were putting everything on the line. They were putting their job on the line, their status on the line, their influence on the line, their, you know, how they are in the community, their status, everything. They're putting that on the line for Jesus's dead body, right? This is just after Jesus died. And yet these men are like, hey, we want to do something beautiful, Jesus, because we love Jesus. Yeah, because they wanted to do something nice with Jesus, because they wanted to bless Jesus. And, and maybe while Jesus was alive, they, they couldn't maybe do much for Jesus, or they, they felt maybe like they wanted to do something, at least in his death, can we do something nice for Jesus? And I really think that's such a beautiful heart that they had. And uh, yeah, these guys, they could, have, they could have lost a lot. They put a lot on the line for this to happen. And I imagine as they, they take Jesus and they had all these, these herbs and aloe and all this stuff, myrrh, and they, they would have washed Jesus's wounds. They would have treated every single cut, every single bruise, every single laceration, every single piece of, of pain 
that Jesus experienced through his body, they knew it. They would have seen it. They would have cleaned the body as they wrapped him. Isn't that, isn't that crazy to think about? That these two men had a good look at just how much Jesus suffered. They knew how much this man had gone through. And yet, these guys wanted to risk their own lives to be able to do something beautiful for Jesus. So there's three quick uh, things, points, words that I want to share with you guys that I think we can be encouraged by, by these guys' example. First thing I want to say is that they courageously asked, right? What's the, what the, the thing that you are courageously asking God for right now? What are you believing for? What are you praying for? Have you maybe given up on something that you were believing for and praying for that didn't happen? Because guess what? Sometimes things don't always happen according to the timeline that we would like them to happen. And I know many stories of many people that have been believing and praying for things for, for months, for a year, two years, five years, 10 years, but they don't give up. And when that miracle happens, it's an incredible thing. You see, God wants to invite us in to the miracle, but God's timing of the miracle might not be the timing that we want. So don't give up. If you're believing for something right now, if there's something that you are praying for, I encourage you, keep on praying. Keep on believing. Keep on seeking and knocking and asking God that He would show you what that is, that He would answer that prayer. If it's healing, if it's breakthrough, if it's salvation for someone you love, family, friends, whoever, let's keep on believing. Let's keep on praying that God would do a miracle. These guys, Joseph, he courageously asked Pilate for the body. Pilate could have said no. What would have happened if Pilate said no? Maybe they would have been shamed. Maybe they could have got in trouble for maybe, you know, being associated with Jesus. But I think Pilate, first of all, he didn't want this day to happen to begin with, all right? He didn't want to crucify Jesus at all. He wanted this whole spectacle, this whole ordeal to be done and over with. Perhaps Joseph being of high elite standing in the community and Pilate obviously being high elite standing in the Roman association, Roman government, Maybe they knew each other. Maybe they were associates of some sort. So maybe Joseph came to Pilate and was like, hey, Pilate, would you, would you mind if I took the body? And I imagine Pilate would have been like, yeah, please. <laughs> this has been a crazy day as it is. Can you please do that? So Joseph courageously asked Pilate for permission to bury the body. And Pilate said, yes. Isn't that nice? Second thing, surprisingly risked. These men, they surprisingly risked everything. They put everything on the line to take care of Jesus's dead body. Wow, they put so much on the line. Like you would think like normally speaking, you wouldn't kind of do that, but they loved Jesus. They wanted to do something for Jesus. And uh, you know, their own reputation as Jewish council members uh, could have been taken away, but they did it anyway. What are we risking for Jesus? right? I'm so glad and happy and blessed 
that I get to live in such a beautiful country such as Japan. I know that there's many people out there that maybe are not so fortunate to live in countries where there is still persecution for believing in Jesus. Because as we see after Jesus rose again, there was a lot of persecution for believing in Jesus. Here in Japan, we're blessed to not have that concern, to not have that worry, that we can worship God freely, that we're not going to be persecuted for having faith in Jesus. But back then, it was, it was a dangerous thing to do, to be having faith in Jesus or into something that was not the norm of that culture, of that tradition. And so this could have been equated to that, like, hey, maybe you'd actually, you're not believing in the, this religion thing that you say you're believing in. So they risked everything. Guys, compared to that, I think we can risk, right? There might be times and there probably will be times where people will look at you funny and say, you, you believe in, and you believe in what? <laughs> you believe in God? You believe in Jesus? Are you a, are you a Christian? You, you go to what on Sunday? You go to church on Sunday? Why are you using your time off to go to church on Sunday? That's not that important. You don't need to do that. We are going to face some voices like this. And some of those voices might come from the people who are closest to us. Maybe parents, maybe siblings, maybe close friends that look at you and say, you're doing what now? But guys, that's nothing compared to what the people back in, in these New Testament days experienced. And you know what? If you are going through that moment right now, I want to encourage you that God is with you, that He is helping you, that He will give you the right words to say. Let us risk for Jesus. Let us risk for our faith because I have never had a regret believing in Jesus. Like again, we, we live in Japan, a very beautiful, blessed nation. But sure, someone looks at you a little bit funny. All right. <laughs> so what? I don't regret believing in Jesus. I'm proud of my faith. I'm proud that I get to live my life for the God of the universe, the God that gave His life for me. I'm proud of it, aren't you? And so I want to encourage you, if you are in a, in a difficult situation, let's put our faith in God and let's risk for Jesus. And the final thing I want to say is that they generously gave. Let us also use our lives to generously give. Joseph, he obviously had wealth. Maybe he came from a prominent, well-educated, wealthy family because he definitely had the best of the best education to get to where he was to be on the Jewish council. He must have had a very cushy, nice, paved <laughs> upbringing. And yet he used that, he used his own wealth, his own possessions to bless Jesus. And so wealth and, and finance is not the only way that we can be generous and bless others, but it is surely a great way that we can use to bless others. And there's also, if you know, maybe you're saying, well, maybe I'm a student. I don't really have that much uh, to give. Maybe I have some debt. I'm kind of working through that. That's all good. But there's other things that you can be generous with. How about, for example, prayer? Amen? Prayer costs us nothing, but it might be everything to someone else. It might be the seed of a miracle in someone else's life. It might be the seed of salvation in someone else's life. Come on, guys. We can be generous with our prayer. Who 
are you praying for right now? What are you believing for? Other great ways that we can be generous is through our words, speaking positive things, speaking life into people's lives, speaking encouragement into people's lives. Let's not be part of this world and this society that tries to tear people down. Let's be a different people that comes along and lifts people up. Wouldn't that make a statement? Wouldn't that make a difference if you come along and everyone else is speaking negative and you don't speak negative and we speak positive and we speak encouragement into people's lives and you might be like, no, <laughs> that's awkward. Like, forget all that, all right? We have so much to give. God is in us. His Spirit, His Holy Spirit is in us and He wants to speak to the people around us. He wants to use us and whatever influence that we have, whether you think you have it or not, you have influence. Let's use it to bless other people. And part of that is also our actions, how we treat people, yeah? What we do for others, kindness, showing generosity, showing compassion to other people. We can use our actions, our bodies to bless others, amen? So whatever we have, whether it's finance or words or actions or prayer or all of the above, let us give generously. I love that Joseph gave generously. They bought a lot of um, spices, a lot of ointments and stuff for Jesus. That costs money. The linen costs money. The tomb costs money. How much money do you think that big stone costs? because they only had it there for three days. <laughs> After that, it was rolled away because Jesus rose again and He is alive. He is risen today. And so the, the final thing about Joseph that I really love is that he left a, a lasting legacy. We're talking about him now. Many thousand years later, 2000, 2020, three years to be exact, whatever, years later, we are talking about Joseph of Arimathea. He left a legacy behind. Someone that maybe before may, might have felt like a, a fraud, a coward even. Someone that wanted to follow Jesus openly, but because of maybe outside pressures, he, he, he wasn't able to at that time. But in this act, on this day, he chose Jesus above all of the other things, above his possessions, above his title, above his whatever, on this day, he chose Jesus. And we're talking about it all these years later. Isn't that amazing? He also left a legacy for his own family because that was a tomb for his family. And so you know what he could tell his kids and his grandkids? All right, kids, look at this tomb. You know what this tomb is? This is the tomb where Jesus rose again. Woo! That's incredible. How awesome is that? What 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 a what a way to, to live your life, right? To say like, hey guys, you see that tomb over there? Jesus rose from that tomb. <laughs> I love it. And he also uh, left a legacy that that tomb is there to this day. If you go to Jerusalem, you can still go and visit Joseph's tomb. Isn't that insane? That all these years later that the legacy of what Joseph did, the generosity of Joseph still lasts to this day. So I ask you all today, on this Resurrection Easter Sunday, what can we give towards? What opportunities are there for us to exercise our generosity? 
you know what? I would love to pray for you that we would find these opportunities and seize them. Just like Joseph seized his opportunity this day, he put everything else behind. Let us seize the opportunities that Jesus gives us to be generous and to be a blessing to those around us. Amen. Why don't we raise our hands or (laughs) respond in your heart wherever you're watching from and let's pray together. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for this Easter Sunday, this Resurrection Sunday, that you rose again, that you are alive, that we worship a living God, a God that loves us and wants a relationship with us. We just can't thank you enough for everything that you've done for us, that you have given us eternal life. You have given us a relationship with you. You have given us a hope for the future and your Holy Spirit on here on earth, God, We are so thankful. And so, God, because we are thankful, God, we want to share that with others. So I pray that you would reveal to us moments and opportunities that we could be generous, that we could be your hands and feet, that we could give, whether it is our finance, what we have, whether it is our words or our actions. And for everyone, I know, God, that we could use our prayers to pray for other people, God. So I pray that you would show us more of how we could be generous, how we could bless people around us, God. We don't want to keep this to ourselves, God. We want to share it with everyone that we know. So God, I pray you help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And lastly, like I talked about earlier, if you want to believe in Jesus, I'm going to give you that opportunity right now. I'm going to count to three. I'm going to say now. And when I do, if you want to believe in Jesus for the first time or come back to Him, when I say now, I'm just going to ask you to accept Him into your life. Are you ready? Three, two, one, now. Right now. Why don't you accept Jesus into your life on this Resurrection Sunday? Come on. Hey, let me just pray for you that made that decision. Yes, God, I thank you for these incredible people that they are making this decision with you. God, I pray you come into their life in a powerful way. I pray that you forgive them of all of their sins. You wipe all of that away. The debt has been wiped clean and that today they are a new creation in you. I pray you fill them with your love, fill them with your hope for the future and that you would be with them, that you would speak to them and guide them moving forward. We thank you so much, God. And everyone said in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, guys, happy Easter. I hope you have a phenomenal day. I hope you have an incredible week and we'll see you all next week. Bye.